0: Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show.
1: We're playing Dynasty Redraft Cut on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online in the FFPC. I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. Uh before we get into the fantasy football tonight, I just wanted to quickly note here that um I was glad to see the NFL put out a statement um saying that they do condemn racism, uh, admitting that they were kind of wrong for silencing players, and it looks like they're going to make some level of commitment to moving forward um, with helping to affect some change. Um, I will say, though, Matt, I thought the language was somewhat vague, not particularly strong, um, which did did make it hard to get a sense of exactly how genuine Roger Goodell was and I didn't really feel like he was necessarily speaking as much from the heart as he could have been some of that just may have been the way that the um dialogue he had was was scripted up yeah what did you Um, think yeah I mean I guess it's nice to hear the NFL say
0: that it doesn't like racism uh not not (laughs) a very uh I don't know like a radical take but uh right anyway yeah I mean it, it felt uh Very contrived, you know. It it was released at what was it like six p.m. Eastern or five p.m. Eastern, something like that, on a Friday. It's pretty late. That's uh, yeah. I mean, come on, and um, you know, yeah. The language in it wasn't all that great. Uh, you could tell it was fairly rushed. Um, and uh, you know, it feels like it was put out basically just because either the league felt pressure. To do it or that the league finally felt uh there were enough white people who were fine with hearing the league say something like that so that they could get away with saying it it i mean yeah whatever like on the one hand it's nice on the other hand it's uh it doesn't feel totally sincere
1: yeah so hopefully we do see the league actually act on that and start to make some change um but i think that's all that we'll delve into on that um we will now just transition into an FFPC stat attack. And that is Deshaun Watson went over 30 points in 37% of the games that he has played since starting his career. Had seven games out of 15 last season over. 30 points, and that will factor into the first thing we talk about on the show today. Of course, the FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And of course, we've got a handful of tools at Rotoviz designed specifically for FFPC Domination. So the premise of this show, Matt, is I am going to list three players, and this is based upon Redraft ADP, and of those three players, I want you to give me the one that you want to own in Dynasty, the one that you want to own for Redraft, and the one player that you want to cut. Now, before we get any snarky answers from you, I'm aware you may want nothing to do with any of these players. but to create an interesting game the confines and the parameters here are one of those players you have to own on a dynasty team one you have to own for redraft in 2020 and one you have to cut do you think you can comply with those uh qualifications or parameters
0: uh yeah i mean would we say that this is an interesting game <laughs> sorry that was that was me being snarky uh continue <laughs> i i will i, I will abide oh, by the, the, uh, the rules that you've set up here
1: all right i appreciate that uh yeah. so Let's start off with Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, who we all know that you love, and Dak Prescott. Who are you cutting? Who are you redrafting? And who are you owning in Dynasty?
0: Okay, so here's here's one thing. These guys, they're all, you say, uh, kind of in a similar draft range for redraft based on FFP, FFPC ADP, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so why wouldn't I take... And I'm not like saying this to like be like a, a troll or anything. I'm asking kind of like a, a legit sort of question, like framing this, this game. Why wouldn't yes. I automatically just take the guy who's oldest in any of these groups that we're going to talk about and say that he's the one that I'm cutting.
1: Um, I can understand that premise, but don't you think to some extent in a position like quarterback, for example, that the age difference right now between these guys in comparison to Murray is isn't that strong if you do feel that there's a large difference between them. So I almost feel like this question's cutting at how strongly do you really believe in Kyler Murray?
0: Yeah, I mean I guess I would say I like Dak, but um okay, here's another way of thinking of it. From the dynasty perspective, as long as I think that these guys are all kind of in the same tier, then I think it makes sense to take the one who's youngest. So Dak is going to be 27 this year. Deshaun Watson is going to be 25 and Kyler Murray is going to be 23. Like I feel like I should probably just take Kyler Murray cuz he was pretty decent last year and he might be better. Uh he might be better this year and in the future and I have a pretty good sense of what Deshaun Watson is. He was amazing in his first season and he was still really good in his second and third seasons, but not quite at that same level, uh, you know, didn't throw as many touchdowns, um, wasn't quite as good uh, on a per attempt basis in terms of accruing yards. So, I think I'm going to go with Kyler Murray as the guy I want for Dynasty. So I'll probably just automatically be taking the youngest guy um, in Dynasty, and then for okay, for so- this particular season for redraft, yep, I will, I will actually probably go with Dak. So I guess that means I'm cutting Deshaun Watson because... Okay, so this is
1: really interesting now. That's an interesting result, so continue.
0: So with Dak, um, I think there's a significant amount of upside with him uh, given that he has continuity with his offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, but he has a new offensive weapon in uh, CeeDee Lamb. He has a new coach who... uh, presumably won't shackle him with his garretness uh and then um I still think he has a really high floor with what he can do on a game to game basis like he has that high rushing floor and like we've seen him be a top eight type of quarterback like pretty routinely and I think he has room for much more with Watson without DeAndre Hopkins, There could be significant downside there that we're just not accounting for. Like, I expect that Watson will probably be awesome, but I mean, there could be unexpected complications that uh, people just aren't taking
1: into account. Completely fair. Uh, Just to put into perspective how good Dak was last season, he was number two at the position in overall PPR, number three in PPR per game, number two in pass yards, four in pass touchdowns. And, of course, he's also a player that can get you in a given season some rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, Had six to start his first three seasons of his career, three last year, um, 277 yards on the ground. I think there's a lot to like about Dak. And that is a good point um, that we probably have to factor in a little bit of a step back, potentially for Watson, absent of having DeAndre Hopkins out there. Um, So I like that. That might be a little bit of a surprise is the fact that Watson is the player that gets cut. Uh, We are now going to jump from some younger quarterbacks to some of the older players that are starting to wind down their careers. And we have Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Ryan.
0: Okay, so let's see here. I need to think about just like the the ages of these guys, but Stafford is... I'm assuming he's the youngest, right? He's going to be 32 this year. Matt Ryan is, how old he's going to be? Sorry, I'm looking this up right now. He's going to be 35. And Rogers is right around there, I think a little bit older. Rogers is going to be 37. So, Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm, I don't know if I want to do it that way. But yeah, I mean, I think Ryan could be gone almost any year. And I think it's kind of the same with Rodgers. I think Stafford, like, it's hard to know how much um how much weight we should put on his performance last year. But uh he was like, what was it? Like the number like wasn't the number He's two top five. Like he was yeah, the number two fantasy quarterback uh on, on a per game basis last year. He has, you know, really good pass catching weapons. Uh, and Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. And then obviously now DeAndre Swift is there. TJ Hawkinson could take a step forward. Yeah, I mean, I think I would go with Stafford and Dynasty uh, in part because I just don't think that uh, Rogers and Ryan uh, have the the runway. And they're not like obviously a tier at this point above Stafford to where I, I have to take them, uh, even though they're like four and six years older than him. So I'd go with Stafford and Dynasty and then in redraft honestly i go with ryan um yeah I, would yeah I think i think year to year he's more consistent uh, i like his weapons um i mean i think there's a pretty serious chance that with rodgers um you know he continues to decline he really hasn't been the same passer the past half decade that he was previously and uh based on what the team did in the draft this year I could see them leaning towards more of a a run-heavy approach on offense. So yeah, uh, Dynasty, I go with Stafford. And Redraft, I go with Ryan.
1: Yeah, I don't think that there's any reason that you put... Rodgers over ryan in a redraft context i mean i think it's very possible you look at a season or a number of different outcomes in 2020 where Rodgers isn't a qb1 in comparison to ryan i think there's a much higher percentage of outcomes where ryan is a qb1 uh, in terms of ppr per game matt ryan was at 10 last year aaron Rodgers was at 15 I'm not sure that I see a whole lot really changing. If you look at the receivers, also, you could see maybe Calvin Ridley taking a bit of a step forward. You still have Julio Jones there. What I am curious, though, is your take on let's say that Matt Ryan plays another five seasons and he only gets one more season out of Julio Jones for whatever reason. What's the drop off look like once Julio's gone, do you think?
0: Mm, That's a good question. I think the drop off is. Hmm. I ah I, eh, probably pretty significant, but uh, me too. I still think Julio is there for a while. You know, so yeah. Um, but I mean, if we're thinking of this in the redraft perspective, I kind of don't have to worry about too much past this season anyway.
1: Exactly. All right. Transitioning over to running back. Um, and I actually uh, am expecting. I think I know where you're gonna go with this, but I'm hoping that I picked an interesting enough. Or an interesting enough mix of players that it at least causes you to think about it. So we have Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and Kenyon Drake. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I'm gonna stay true to form. Which of these guys is youngest? And that's uh Miles Sanders, right? So I'm going to go with Miles Sanders as a guy I want most in Dynasty. Um yep. and it's not like that's even totally arbitrary either. Like he was awesome in college. Uh, he's got great athleticism, even though he wasn't uh, the lead back for the entire season last year. He was still, um, you know, in Philadelphia, pretty productive, had, you know, over 1300 scrimmage yards uh, in 16 games. You're expecting that he's going to be more of the lead back this year in his second season. So, yeah, I could see him having uh, a few years of pretty good production ahead of him. So I would go with Miles Sanders as the guy I want in Dynasty for redraft. Oh boy. Um, I will probably (laughs) go with, uh, I think Mixon ahead of Drake. Um, and I, I like Drake, but, um, I don't know. I just, I feel a little bit more certain with Mixon, uh, given that he's had 1400 yards two years in a row. Uh, his offense should be better. His offensive line in particular should be better. And for a bigger guy, he's still a very good pass catching back. And that's like nothing against Kenyon Drake, uh, who, you know, if everything aligns right, does have, I think, top five upside at the position. But I think Mixon probably has a little bit of a higher floor.
1: And we have to keep in mind, too, that this list is sourced off of ADP. So it's not necessarily like you're saying one guy sucks if he's the guy that gets cut when they're all in the same range. Yeah. And in order, it actually goes Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake the last time I checked, I believe. Um, Well, since we're talking about him, though, Miles Sanders. um, Lots of times now I'm seeing him go in round one. Should this have surprised us? I'm going to say probably not, given that terrific profile we saw coming out of school, the whole factor that he was playing behind Saquon Barkley up until his junior year, but in terms of the actual pick going in the first, it sounds like you're still completely on board with that being fine. That people are drafting him that early off of just maybe, if you will, like one half of a season of production.
0: Uh, it's I don't have a big problem with it. I, it's a little bit too early for me, but I think in Dynasty, it still makes a lot of sense. Um, sure. are you actually, sorry. when you say taking him in the first round, are you talking about
1: redraft? I'm talking about redraft, yes. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's still a little bit early for me. Uh so for instance, especially in PPR, uh, you know, I prefer Josh Jacobs to Miles Sanders. Um, I prefer, man, this is gonna sound disgusting, but I prefer even Leonard Fournette to Miles Sanders. I prefer Le'Veon Bell to Myers Miles Sanders. Like Sanders is great, and uh if he were in a situation where I knew for sure he was going to be a locked in lead back, uh, then I would probably want him in the first round. Uh or I could see a little bit more the argument for taking him in the first round. But um, you know, he's with a head coach who, uh, you know, for one reason or another, over the past three to four years has been totally fine running a timeshare uh in the backfield. And so even though I think Sanders is good enough to be a a full lead back and deserves that type of workload, there's no guarantee he's gonna get it.
1: Can we talk about Leonard Fournette quickly? Yes. Um I feel like some of what might be going on with him is that there's certain concerns about him and his relationship with the team now. Yeah. Um, And I think that's one of the largest reasons that we see him falling sometimes in drafts. What do you make of that situation? It sounds like it might not concern you as much as it does for other people. No,
0: it doesn't concern me. I mean, I think he's going to stay with the team. I mean, clearly the team didn't, uh, didn't want him. But they couldn't trade him. I don't know if they're going to cut him. I kind of doubt they do because they don't really have the guys behind him to uh to warrant cutting him. And so if he's there, you know, I just kind of have to look at what he's done in the past. They still have the same head coach there. They have a new offensive coordinator, but they have the same head coach. I know the usage that Fournette's gotten in the past, even with Chris Thompson there, if we just cut the targets for Leonard fournette in half. Uh, he could still have a really big year because I'm expecting him to score more touchdowns this year than he did last year. That's the big thing. So, you know, Fournette, I still like him as a, you know, low end RB one. I'd probably rather have him ahead of Miles Sanders.
1: So this is the reason that you can't overlook Leonard Fournette. I think that every running back in the league, you're going to have questions with heading into the, or not necessarily you have questions heading into the season but you understand that you're assuming a lot of risk sinking in a first round, second round pick, just given the nature of the position, right? Yeah. Leonard Fournette had an expected points per game rank of two last season, even if you're assuming, and I don't think that there's really much of an incentive for Leonard Fournette to come out and not try to do good. Um, you know what I mean? So even if you're getting that type of workload and you think that he's not going to be giving it his all... I still think that those fantasy points that you could expect are ones that you probably want to try to get. Um, in comparison to other players, where there's more significant questions, this one you just need to make the leap and assume he like doesn't want to play for the team. Also, expected points per game of eight in his rookie season, followed by eleven and then two, three years in the league, all very good years. I just don't think that you want to overlook him based on kind of the process of trying to get into the psychology that's going on in his mind
0: yeah yeah uh absolutely agree with you i think the workload is the biggest factor
1: for sure so we have a lot more to talk about but before we do let's take a quick moment for a word from our sponsor bet online there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner bet online nascar is back and bet online has hundreds of other games events and sports to get in on you can still bet on simulated nfl nba and ufc events 24 7 or participate in a ten-thousand-dollar madden bracket challenge a march madness style nfl simulation tournament you can enter for free and live right now And feel free to go through these more quickly um, if you are so inclined, especially this one upcoming. John Ross, Marquise Goodwin, or Mohamed Sanu. Uh, I should say and. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Uh, Sanu, uh, cutting, Uh, and uh, man, I mean, I guess Dynasty, I'd go with John Ross because he's still a a former first rounder. So I guess in redraft, that means I'm going with uh, Marquise Goodwin.
1: And I'm to assume that this has nothing to do with God uh with Goodwin's outlook. It's just the fact that Ross is the player of that grouping you'd want to own the longest, which is why he falls yeah, into dynasty. Yeah, correct. Yep. All right. This one might be a little more interesting. Darren Waller, Tyler Higby, Evan Ingram. Uh this is this is a hard
0: one. Uh I think this is a, a good one. Um man, honestly, I I don't know. Cause I I think they're all kind of in the same the same tier. Um Evan Ingram is the youngest of them correct yep. yeah so yeah, that is correct uh i mean i will i will go with evan ingram um you know, I feel like there have been kind of like half breakouts with him, and we haven't really gotten there yet but uh i will I will go with evan ingram um so I guess for Evan Ingram and dynasty. so for redraft I will go with uh I'll go with Darren Waller. I feel like I have a a better sense of what he's likely to do this year. Um, Like Higby was awesome for the last five games of the season, but we could see a situation where, um, you know, he just doesn't get the usage that uh, people are expecting him to get based on what happened at the end of the season. Maybe the team goes a little more run heavy this year than they did last year. Um, They use more three wide receiver sets, you know, whatever it is. So uh, I will go with Darren Waller just because I think I can, predict his usage with a little more accuracy
1: i'm in the same boat with you on uh both of those selections there i also think that had engram played the entire season and even if you just extrapolate what he did in weeks one through nine i think that you're looking at a situation where you don't have much hesitation saying that you're going to make engram as the pick of course we can only speculate as to how the season would have played out but that's where i stand on that cooper cup calvin ridley and dk metcalf
0: Okay. So, uh DK Metcalf is the youngest. So, uh I'm going with him in dynasty and I think that's um I think that's probably warranted anyway because I thought he was good enough in his rookie season to uh to warrant some, you know, enthusiasm about what he could do long term. So, I will go with Metcalf as my dynasty guy for redraft between Ridley and Cup. Um, you know, I've done I probably would have said Ridley, uh, a while ago, but you know, I've, I'm starting to do projections and I think I'm actually going to go with cup, um, as the guy instead of Ridley, because I, like, I think cup has a pretty decent chance of having over a thousand yards receiving and he is the red zone guy, um, for, for the Rams, even though you wouldn't necessarily think of a slot guy and he's not like a big guy. You wouldn't think of him as the red zone guy, but, um, Historically, he has been. And Ridley, you know, uh, I mean, respect for Ridley, but you could see a situation where like he's obviously playing. (laughs) Sorry, obviously playing behind Julio. Uh, You could see a situation where he's not getting the um, just not getting the yards. And I think his his touchdowns, um, that's something that's going to uh, to come down like he's been too good of a touchdown score, I think, over the past two years for that to be something that continues moving forward. So I expect a little bit of touchdown regression for him. So I will cut him and uh, go with Cooper in redraft.
1: Got it. I find myself being much higher than consensus on Cooper Cup. And do you like... Should I be concerned about the fact that he is coming off of the injury? I mean, I really haven't gone back and tried to like make sense of the injury. Um, what have you how, how big was
0: his injury? I mean, he, I he don't played think it was really he even. played
1: 16 games last year, you know I mean,
0: I know he got injured at one point, but like I think he's pretty much fine. I don't think there's really any injury concern. So in like cup. is
1: that not even factoring into why people are so low on him? Uh, I
0: think people are relatively low on him. Um, because, well, actually what's, what is his ADP right now? I don't think people are actually even all that low on him.
1: All right, hold on. So I might just be talking nonsense right here. Um, all right. And I, sorry for the, the dead air that I'm probably not going to edit out here. Um, why? Because I'm feeling kind of lazy. Yeah. Although at this point I now think I'm going to have to. No,
0: it's fine. I'll fill some of this dead air. Um, okay. I, I mean, I should say like, what what has surprised me uh in some of the process was that i was uh lower on cup than uh, a lot of people and uh and then i created the projections i was just kind of down in general on the uh the overall offense for the the rams uh and then i i did the projections and i ended up being higher on cup and higher on woods than um than i expected that i i would be but if you look at uh adp right now um
1: you 16 yeah, is six, 16
0: as the positional ADP and yep. uh like I think that's I
1: mean it, do you think that's high or do you think that's too low uh, you know it I think this is where I'm actually wrong in that it feels like uh, it feels to me like people should be more favorable for him but then you start looking at the players ahead of him and it's kind of obvious that he should be around there I mean I'm just gonna read down the list for people. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Chris Godwins, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith Schuster, Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup. Um Yeah. I'm, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of players on that list where it's it's feels certain that Cup's gonna outscore them. Yeah,
0: so I mean Cup had uh, over 1100 yards last year and 10 touchdowns was, you know, wanted just a couple players, uh, along with Kenny Galladay to have over a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns at the wide receiver position was, I believe number seven in uh PPR points per game. Um, and the thing is like, I think you could actually see him, uh, have a pretty similar season, but yeah, you can't look at the names of players who are going ahead of him and think, yeah, Cooper cup really deserves To be drafted ahead of all of those players. You know, like even if he finishes ahead of Mike Evans, you cannot say that Cooper Cup should be drafted ahead of Mike Evans, right? Or like Odell Beckham Jr. or Juju Smith Schuster, right? right? Like all of those guys have to be drafted ahead of Cooper Cup because they realistically do have much more upside and probably a similar floor.
1: Right. So yeah, I mean, it's really as I'm looking through this, you know, maybe you can move him up over. Ajay Brown, Calvin Ridley, maybe if you really want Allen Robinson, uh, but so I, I guess that I'm wrong there, um, which is fine. Um, can I ask you though? Have you done your Pittsburgh Steelers projections yet? Uh, yes, I have. How high do you end up on Juju if you don't mind me asking? I don't need the number, but just like, are you fe- are you still feeling good about him?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I would say I was. Uh where do you here's the question. Where do you think his uh market share for targets ends up? Do you think it's around like this is the number for me that's kind of hard to to figure out? Like how many targets do you think like James Washington and Deontay Johnson, and then even mm-hmm. like Chase Claypool, some of the tight ends like Eric Ebron? How many, you know? I th-
1: yeah, I hear I have, you. I, I, think have that- 22.
0: I have point two two. I have twenty two percent of the targets going to Juju.
1: Okay, I actually haven't done my Steelers projection, but my my gut instinct here without having looked at it was I was probably going to put Juju around 26 to 27. Yeah. That is a very large chasm between our two numbers. Yeah,
0: I was trying to be a little more conservative um, just because, you know, like... We sort of don't know what the connection is going to be with uh, Roethlisberger and Juju. We don't know how much of a step Deontay Johnson is going to take this year. Same with James Washington, Eric Ebron being incorporated into the offense. So, you know, I have Juju for over 1,100 yards. I have him for around seven and a half touchdowns. But I think there is pretty significant room for upside there, given that I have him projected for, you know, I'm saying only 22%, which is still like a healthy number.
1: But um. Like there's room for more there, right? Twenty two, I think, in per, to give people some perspective, probably does put him in the bottom range of wide receiver one market shares that you might give when you're well, maybe not the bottom range, but it's definitely bottom half, yeah. Of wide receiver and, and here's
0: ones. and it's it's twenty two percent on a per game basis, and I have him projected for fifteen games,
1: right. Um so. and then I'm probably going to assume too in terms of actual passing attempts the Steelers number that you have is probably, you know, above average, maybe at least average.
0: Uh for pass attempts, for past I attempts. yeah, I have them projected for 639.
1: Right, that's a healthy number. Yeah. Um okay, the final thing here I think though that's worth just exploring while we're talking about Juju. What has changed from when we went into the season last year and were so high on Juju, the variables that have changed, I think, are you're one year further away on Roethlisberger. So we have less information or less of a good feeling about that connection. I don't know if we should or if we shouldn't. The other thing is that we've seen the wide receivers on that team show that they can be viable options. And maybe the third variable is that we're just starting to feel less and less like this Pittsburgh team is the one that we've known for the last decade. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the also one of the things is, uh, you know, we have a year of seeing Juju suck. Uh, And it's not like that was really like, (laughs) totally his fault. But, you know. He sucked, you know, or let me rephrase that. His production sucked, you know, but part of that, obviously Roethlisberger wasn't there. He was injured. And then, yeah, part of it going into this season is that um, you can't just put him right up where he was because, you know, James Washington flashed a little bit. Deontay Johnson flashed a little bit like there's a chance that one of these guys, I wouldn't say like overtakes Juju, but like eats enough of the market share where you can't just like out of hand predict that Juju's going to have like something approaching 30% market share
1: all I know is if that one of these guys, if one of these guys does overtake Juju, I'm going to be somewhere in a corner crying. That's
0: that's funny. It's yeah. yeah. We'll we'll see.
1: <laughs> All right. On that note, that does it for this episode of Rotoviz Radio. You can reach us at at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to BetOnline and the FFPC for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it.